Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. We have a baby dedication this morning, and I know we have went long, but that's okay. I'm going to minister the word of the Lord, and I'll try to be mindful of our time here today. But I feel what has just transpired very confident today, even with what I'm following up here today. I'm not teaching this morning. I'm going to come to you ministering, preaching today. And uh, I feel like maybe the Lord would speak to us or someone in this place. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, uh, we'll see it to that end. Genesis 28 and uh, verse number 15 is where I want to begin. I'm kind of, a, again, oftentimes we don't have the, the privilege to, like, serve summarize the whole story you know we kind of dive in the middle sometimes in our preaching and our teaching but this is the story of Jacob that has left home has even been commissioned in certain means to leave home and get away from his land kindred and country and as he goes he goes just a distance and has a stop and interaction that takes place at this particular location and God God speaks to this 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 Jacob And it says in starting with verse number 15, the Lord speaks and says, And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whether thou goest and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I knew it not. He was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. This morning, with the help of the Lord, this title is very simple. But I want to speak to us today this. God is with you. God is. So I feel confident today on what just has transpired that I'm right where I need to be in the Holy Ghost. God is with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go right now to the Lord in prayer that he would open our hearts and our minds to receive his good word today. Father, I come to you this morning. I'm asking God that you would just bring to pass into fruition. God, what you have birthed, Lord, in my spirit. God, I pray, Lord, let it come forth now without, Lord, air, God, without, Lord, difficulty. Lord, let it meet its mark, God. Lord, whomever, God, whatever, God, that may be. Lord, let the Holy Ghost, Lord, continue with us to help us, Lord Jesus, through the ministry of your word today. God, for we need the spirit of the Holy Ghost, God, to seal some things here today. Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. And the church say amen. God bless you today. In Jesus In Jesus' name, look at your neighbor and tell them God is with you. God is with you. 
something that most of us can relate to even with one another, probably even society at large, humanity for certain wrestles with feelings and thoughts of God having deserted them. We all have moments in time, amen, whether in the church or out of the church, that you feel like you've been abandoned by God or that God is not hearing your prayer or that God doesn't know your particular location in life or what is happening in your surroundings. There are moments in our lives that if we cannot discern the presence of God, we can't see him working or feel his presence, then oftentimes we assume that we have been forgotten and we have been forsaken by God. And yet we have the confidence of Scripture and we have the knowledge that he has been the creator of all things and we are indeed a part of his creation. And we have the assurance that he gives us in his word in the book of Isaiah that he assured even the nation of Israel that just as a mother cannot forget her sucking child that is nursing, he said, neither can we or I forget you. He emphatically even told them, he says, I've graven you upon the palms of my hands. He says a mother even may, and even today's society, this probably bears more true than any other time, a mother may forget her own children. He says, but I will not forget you. Yet still as silly as it may seem or as it may sound, then we as people oftentimes are struggling with the whereabouts of God. Where are you in this? Where are you with what I am going through and with what I am contending with? Folks, today throughout the scriptures, I want you to know and comfort you today that there has been uh, better people, I'll say it like that, better people even than us that had conflicting thoughts about God having abandoned them or God having deserted them or God having forgot their location and their address and what they were facing. Can I bring to your remembrance this morning somebody by the name of Job who the Bible says was no doubt in a whirlwind of loss having lost his health and his wealth and having lost a majority, his children, his family, if there was ever anyone that needed the assurance of God, Job needed the assurance of God. For that matter, he needed it right then in that moment with all the calamity that was going on around him. But to his perception, the Bible tells us that God could not be found in his circumstance. To his perception, his understanding, he couldn't trace the fingerprint of God right now. The Bible even records that Job said, he said, behold, I go forward, but he is not there. He says backward, but I cannot perceive him. He said, on the left hand where he doth work, can I convey to you? He says, I looked where God normally shows up and works. And he says, I couldn't find God there. He said, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. And so Job tells us even later in the scripture, he reminds us and says that even his family, the, the other relatives and extent of his family had failed him. Familiar friends had forgot him, but he's wrestling with the idea, but, but God, well, what about you? I know family and friends may go whenever we are in tight spots or difficulties, but, but God, you, what Job was dealing with was doubts. He was dealing with some concern, some uncertainty about the activity of his God in his circumstance. 
We're no better than Job. We've all, amen, had times we thought God didn't know where we were. There's another place, another person, if you will, in Scripture by the name of David who knew what it was like to feel forsaken and forgotten by God. The Bible says that David is a fugitive at this time in his life. He is running from Saul. He thought, you know what, perhaps I can find refuge. I can find refuge maybe in the city of Gath, that city from which the mighty champion Goliath had been from. He says, perhaps I'll go there and find safety. He thought, maybe if I dwell among in Israel's enemy, perhaps Saul will not seek me there if I go there. Well, one thing is for sure, that wasn't the best idea that David ever had. But nevertheless, he went to the city of Gath where the great champion Goliath had been and come from. And you know, it's hard for people to forget the face of the man that took down their champion. Just saying, kind of hard, hard to forget that. And so there were some people there in the city of Gath that tipped off their king saying that David, the giant slayer, if you will, the slayer of their champion was among them. And so whenever David had learned this, the Bible says he started to act like a madman, as though he was insane. He's scribbling upon the gates. He's allowing spittle to drip down his face. And so him acting like that, nobody wanted anything to do with David. And so the Bible says he escaped them to the cave of Adullam, having acted like that. And so he's at, at the cave of Adullam. And Adullam stood on an old Roman road in the valley of Elah. As a matter of fact, Adullam was just two miles south of where David had triumphed over Goliath in the valley of Elah. And so he couldn't stay in Gath. He couldn't feel safe in Gath because that is where his enemy, that is where Goliath was from. But he's thinking maybe I can go to the cave of Adullam. And maybe I can find some consolation in the vicinity where I triumphed over my enemy before. And so he goes to this location. You know, God met me here before. I went out on the battlefield before and I felt the presence of God. I, I felt the comfort of God, the confidence of God. And so it just makes sense that since God met me here before, undoubtedly he will meet me here again. If God gave me victory here before, now that I'm a fugitive and maybe the enemy is different, perhaps God will give me victory again. But the Bible describes to us that it appears that David went into the cave of Adullam alone. It says eventually that his family, his brothers and his mom and his dad met him there. It says eventually that all the people, a group of people gathered around him that were in debt and that were in distress and that were discontented, they gathered around him as well. And he will eventually become a captain over them. But before anybody shows up, it's just David. Before mom and dad arrive, before the brothers arrive, it is just David that is alone. We don't know how long he was alone. We don't have that fact in scripture. But there is a duration of time when he's in the cave, when it's just David with his thoughts. And I talk to anybody today that knows what it's like to be alone when nobody else is around and you got to confront then the mind. 
And you're alone with your thoughts and here's David alone with his thoughts and his fears and all the troubles that seem to be following him. He's in the cave. Listen to me. He's in the cave on the edge of one of his last victories. Here he is in the cave. He must be at that time contrasting how he felt in the moment compared to the day when he walked out in the valley of Allah to battle against Goliath. He must be comparing to the confidence he had then to the confidence that he was having now. He approaches the battlefield on that day in the past. Amen. A battlefield that nobody else would approach. But David steps out on it and he goes toward a great champion. Not with a sword, not with a spear, not with a shield. But he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And so the Bible even describes in that day that David is charging or running out to Goliath. But now in this moment, he's running from the opposition and he's cooped up in a cave all alone by himself, wondering no doubt where is God? What makes this moment different from that moment? What is going on? He's in there for an interim period of time and he's wanting to know, God, when are you going to show up? Before anybody else shows up, God, when are you going to show up? Someone say amen. But it's in that space of scripture that we are given in the Psalms, a writing of David. Psalms 13 is written in that interim space of time when David shows up before family shows up. And I want you to hear what's going through David's spirit. He says this, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? He's in the cave alone by himself. He's a fugitive on the run. He's had great successes, but what's going on? He's in a moment that he can't discern God. He's in a moment he can't feel God. He's in a moment he doesn't see the handiwork of God. He says, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me, God? I'm talking to you this morning. This is David the shepherd. This is David the man that was anointed for kingship. This is David the warrior that went out and slayed his ten thousands. This is David, the victor, but he's feeling alone. He is feeling forgotten. Someone say amen. amen. Folks, there are perhaps no better evidences of the fact that humanity wrestles with feelings and thoughts of having been deserted and forgotten by God than what we've just seen in Job and what we have just seen in David. But here's what I present to you this morning. If Job, who is labeled as perfect and upright, contends with this feeling. And if David, who has been anointed, fights with this feeling. What about the Jacobs? Just watch with me here. What about the Jacobs that are among us? What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying at this moment in time in Genesis, Jacob is a man that has missed the mark of being perfect. Jacob is the man that has missed the mark of being upright. No anointing oil per se has been poured over his hand, head. And so with that being the case, I'm asking us this morning, what does Jacob wrestle with in such a moment? I mean, if an upright man can struggle if he's been remembered by God, what does a man that's not living in step with God feel? See, because his history prior to this moment is that he has secured the birthright by taking advantage of his brother's hunger, by taking advantage of his brother's vulnerability. 
He has secured his father's blessing up to this moment by an act of trickery. And he leaves home, no doubt, because his behavior has virtually banned him from safely dwelling alongside his brother Esau. His mother loves him, but she feels if he stays, I'm fearful for his life, what might happen to him. So when he has this encounter as he is leaving, he is a man that is a deceiver, a schemer, a tricker, a liar, if you will. What kind of man? How does he feel if God's going to even remember him? Someone say amen. So Jacob, here, here he is. He's going on a journey. He's not a man of the field. That was Esau. He is the man, if you will, the domestic man. He's the man that likes to stay home. He's, he's mama's boy. And I'm not knocking anybody that might be mama's boy, but he's mama's boy. He's domesticated. He's, he likes to be with Rebecca. And his mom likes to cater to him and coddle him. And he's now on the verge of going on a 500-mile journey away from home. Folks, I'm telling you, that adventure would have been much better for Esau who is a man of the field, but this is the boy that liked to stay home. And now he's going on a 500-mile journey away from home. I mean, this is Jacob we're talking about. He may have never even camped out in his own backyard. I mean, let alone crisscross the desert landscape we're talking about. This is, this is Jacob. But he steps out on this trip, amen, just a day, if you will, into it. He stops. Many of you may know the story. And the Bible says he stops at a certain place. He lays down his head to rest. And as he lays down his head and he goes to sleep, the Bible says he dreams of a ladder that reaches to heaven and its base sets upon the earth. The Bible describes in his vision that there are angels that are ascending and descending on this ladder. And the Lord is standing above the ladder. And the Bible says in the context of this vision and this dream that God speaks to the schemer. God speaks to the deceiver. God speaks to the one that is running away because he has too much baggage. He has too much that he's already done in his short life. And God says to this man, he's not talking to Job right now. He's not talking to the upright right now. He's not talking to the anointed. He's talking to a Jacob that's made some mistakes. And God speaks to a man that has made mistakes and says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father the God of Isaac, the land whereupon thy liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Wait a minute. This is the God of Abraham. That's Jacob's granddad. This is the God of Isaac. That's Jacob's dad. He has a rich heritage. This is a man with a rich heritage. But he's made some horrible mistakes. This is a man that's had something handed down to him from generations, but he's fumbled the ball, so to speak. And here's the Lord saying, I'm the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. But note, he never says, and I am the God of Jacob. It's as though Jacob has not accepted God to be his God yet. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 27 and verse 20, the Bible says that Isaac said unto his son, he's speaking unto Jacob, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, meaning the venison that he was to make his father, my son? And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Jacob doesn't say, well, God help me. He doesn't say, my God help me. He makes it plain. He says, your God. He says, your God has brought it to me. Instead of saying, my God has brought it to me or our God has brought it to me. Jacob doesn't claim God as his God. And so we ask ourselves the question this morning. Does this type of person have any hopes then for a present God 
in their life, in their circumstances, in their situations. We might even ask, Bishop, is it even allowable for Jacob that's riddled his life with mistakes to cry out to God? Someone say amen. amen. The Bible is filled with verses for the Job's of Scripture. The Bible is filled with verses for the David's of life. The Bible oftentimes addresses us, even as Christians, the upright, if you will, and the anointed ones that are oftentimes threatened by doubts and despairs and, and heavy burdens about if God is going to be faithful or if God is near. If I may share just a few to remind you, this is God speaking to the upright, anointed people when he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. It's in the song of degrees in the book of Psalms. One of those songs that they would sing as they were making their way to the house of God. As they were making their way to the trip to the temple of the pilgrims. It was one of the songs of degrees in Psalms 121 and verse 5. This is God speaking to the David-like and Job-like people of life when he said, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming from this time forth and even forevermore. That's the Lord speaking to the one that's walking in in tandem with his spirit. It's the Lord that's speaking to his disciples, those that he has groomed and spoken to. It's those type of people that he said, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. It's those type of people that he says that to. But what about the Jacob? What about the schemers? What about the cheaters? What about the deceivers? What about those that do not even claim God as God? Someone say amen. For them, the Bible gives us Acts 17. When Paul is on Mars Hill in Athens, among a bunch of pagans, among a bunch of people that even didn't really know what gods they were serving. That Paul tells these people that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. We oft times have used that brother Mason for us Christians. We oft times have used that verse to comfort one another. But Paul wasn't speaking to the Christian in this moment. He was speaking to people that was just like Jacob. That had a few mistakes, some jaded passes and you know some luggage that they were baggage they were carrying around. Amen. He wanted those people to know that I'm not just with the one that is with me. I'm not just the, with the one that's the saint. I'm not just with the one that's keeping all the statutes and all the commandments but the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over all the earth and even those that's not claimed me as God yet, my eyes upon you. I know where you're at. I know the things that you have made flubs about but I am even with you. Some would say amen. Amen. He says, if you'll just feel after him, happily you, you pagans, you ones that have the altars to a multiplicity of gods, and you even erected an altar to the unknown God because you didn't want to miss anything. He says, even you, if you'll feel after him. He's not far from you. He's not in the company of Christians here. No. He's among, if you will, a bunch of Jacobs, a bunch of pagans, some that have not claimed God as their God. And as he stands among them, his simple plea is, God is not far even from you. 
I know as Christians today, man, we love the scriptures for the Job's and the David's. Love them. Love them, Sister Rhonda, whenever it's applicable to me. Child of God, yes, he'll never leave me nor forsaken me. I want you to know today that God being with you is also the God that is with the Jacobs that have schemed, deceived, tricked, not claimed God is their God. God is with, I don't know who may have walked in this place this morning that have felt maybe today, you know what, I just don't have it all together. Let me tell you something. Whether you have it together or don't, God is with you. Whether you've already repented of your sins and they've been cleansed or if you're still overcome by your sins, God is with you. Hallelujah. Whether your footsteps on most Sunday mornings come to the house of God or whether they're hit and miss, God is with Somebody hear me today. Because we need to cry it loud and clear, amen, in the church and in our society today that God is not just with the Christian. God is with those that are yet to become Christians. God is not just with the holy. God is with the ones that's not yet claimed him as God yet. God, oh yes. Someone say amen. He told him, behold, I, Jacob he tells this to, behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places whether thou goest. Now, I'm here to tell you. When you're not a Christian, there's some places you go. Now, this is not a stamp of the Lord's approval of those places. But this is even whenever you're in the depths of whatever you find yourself or get yourself into. God has a greater purpose from whatever you're serving at that moment in time. He's going to be with you wherever you go. And look, he says, and I will bring you, Jacob, again into this land. I will not leave thee until I've done that which I have spoken to thee of. Now listen. So Jacob, man, he's in his dream. He's taken all of this in. He's seen the ladder, all this taking place. And the Bible says that he awakes. And he knew that he's experienced the presence of God. He's been around Daddy Isaac enough. He knows what it's like when the presence moves. He knew, he says, surely the Lord is in this place. He knew he had experienced the presence of God. No doubt he's a little bit of afraid about what has happened, but at the same time he's in awe of what has happened. And he's maybe reflecting upon the fact that he has seen a ladder from heaven reaching down to earth here in this moment. Can I say to you that perhaps Jacob was realizing in a moment that even where I'm at right now, which is not the best of places, and I've not done the best of things, that there is a ladder or there is a way to get to heaven from here if I choose it. No, no, no. Somebody needs to hear me today. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past has been. I don't care what type of sin you committed. You need to close your eyes and realize whatever that location may be, there is a way to get to heaven from wherever you're at, from whatever pit you're in, from whatever. There is a way. Somebody hear this preacher today. It's not a ladder just coming down to the first apostolic church. It's not a ladder just coming down to all the sanctified. No, it's coming down to those that need a re-sanctification. It's coming down to those that need a change. You can get to heaven from where you're at if you'll choose the path. Woo. 
God is with you. Someone say, God's with me. Even if we've made a mistake this past week, God, God is with us. You know what we do when we go into prison? We're telling all these convicts that have worse records than any of y'all, God's with you. Because you know what? They deal with the same thing us as Christians deal with, feeling like they've been deserted. But what they read is all the scriptures where God's talking to the Job's and God's talking to the David's that there's provision for you, but not so much so for you. No, we got to get the Jacobs to realize God is with you. God can bring you back home. There's been too many of them that had been Pentecostal to get refilled with the Holy Ghost in the prison. What is that? God's saying, I got a ladder for you. You can get to heaven from wherever you're at. You might have did murder in the first degree, but that doesn't have to seal your destiny. You may have been, you may have fornicated, you may have committed adultery, you may have had drugs, you may have done this and that. That don't matter. I'm with you. My eyes on you. I'm not going to leave you until I accomplish what. this I don't just have to be your granddad's God I don't just have to be your father's God I don't just have to be your mama's God I'm showing up right now and I'm trying to impress upon you I can be your God I can be your savior I can be your advocate I can be your Let's raise our hands, please, all across this place. I feel the presence of God. Sir, ma'am, you're never too far. God is with you. So a few verses later, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. God wants to do something here today. And so just a couple verses later. After the Lord reassuring Jacob, the schemer, the deceiver, the tricker, the liar, the cheat. That you may not be a Jacob, and, or you may not be a David or a Job at this period of time, but I'm with you nonetheless. I want to allay those thoughts and feelings that, I want you to lay those thoughts and feelings that you've walked down a path or across a line that, you know what, God can't even reach me. You're wrong. Jacob heard these words fall upon his deceiving ears. The schemer's life. The Bible says in verse 20 of Genesis 28. And Jacob vowed a vow saying. If. 
which the nuance of the Hebrew is really since. Since God will be with me. Since God will keep me in this way that I go. And since God will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. and Verse 21, so that I can come again to my Father's house in peace. He says, then shall the Lord be my God. I thought this was just for the good. I thought this was just for the perfect. I thought this was just for the righteous. I thought this was just for those that had it all together. But God said, no, I'd do it for the deceiver. God said, no, I'd do it for the cheater. No, God said, I'll do it for the sinner. I died for the saint. I died all while you were yet in your sin. He said, I'd do it for you. Jacob said, well, since God is going to be with me, and since God is going to watch over me, whether I'm in the church or out of the church, since God is going to follow me and give me the ability to come back home, hallelujah, the God of my granddad and the God of my dad I choose him I want him to be my God I want him to be my God now listen folks I don't know how hopeless Jacob may have felt about his future but what I do know In this moment, something changed. I don't know how regretful he may have felt over his past leading up to this moment in time. But I do know something happened right here. Because, well, follow with me. I won't keep you much longer. I know I've been up here. Yeah, okay. When Jacob had laid down in this location, the Bible describes it that he laid down at a certain place. But when he wakes, saw what he saw, experienced what he experienced, heard what he heard. When he awakes, he says, this is none other than the house of God. Jacob, what's that all about? Are you listening to me today? So I'll tell you what it's all about. Because the house of God is the only place that the schemer will ever be told that God's with them. And never leave them. Because the house of God is the only place that the deceiver is told. That if they leave, God's going to watch over them every place that they go. Because the house of God is the only place where the Jacob-like people like me and personalities are told that if you leave, God has the ability to bring you back home to your father's house. Honey, we need to arise as the house of God in our generation in this time that says there's hope for the sinner. There's hope for the schemer. There's hope. Honey, if it's ever going to be told them that God is with them and he won't leave them, let it be heard at the house of God. God is with you. If you'll stand with me this morning. Since this is the case. Since this is the case. It's not been that long ago I brought the deceptive savory meat to my dad. But if this be the case, God, since you're going to be with me, not leave me. If this be the case, if this be the case, even for a sinner like me, 
Then shall the Lord be my God. So two folks this morning reiterating perhaps something you already knew for a reminder, and that is God is with his saints. He will always be with his saints. But also something maybe that we don't lean on too often. Just as much as he's with the saint, he's with the sinner, the one that has made mistakes or in the process of making mistakes. He's with them. Not only will he never leave the saint, and it might not always be perceptible that he's there as a sinner because we don't have our mind in that direction concerning God. But I want you to know, while you're hanging over your head in a trash can because of what you did the night before, there's all the almighty presence of God that is surveying the whole situation because he has the ability to take steps that have went astray and redirect them back home. He can bring you back to your father's house. He can bring you back to your father's house. God is with you this morning. If we bow our heads all across this place today. So today this is for the saint. If you've been struggling with the thoughts and the feelings and the uncertainties as maybe even Job and David had at low points in their life about the whereabouts, the presence of God. Take comfort. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. Lo, he is with you always, even at the end. Take comfort. But I don't want to just draw a circle around the saints today and leave out those that may be sitting among us that maybe they were more they were more in step with God at one place of time but they've kind of become wayward maybe he was even born into a family like Jacob granddad father got a heritage of God being their God and their family but you've not really claimed that for yourself yet or you had claimed it, but now you've disowned it. You've turned another direction. I want you to know today, however you may be feeling right now, feeling that if you've abandoned God, then he kind of reciprocates that God's abandoned you. I want to, you to know that you are absolutely wrong, that God is with you. God's going to go every place you go. Every wayward decision, every mistake, Every footstep that takes you down the path that is leading away from him, he's going to follow you. And he's able if you're willing. He's able if you're willing. Even this morning, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, God is able to bring you back to your father's house today. If I might even say it like this, it would be his desire to bring somebody he's been watching somebody he's been with but they had not known it it would be his desire today to bring you back to your father's house what are you going to throw up here today some horrible sin something horrific that you've done you got just something really bad let me tell you something you're not going to surprise god he's been with you all along the way <laughs> you're not going to surprise god He's been there every step of the journey. Even if it's been in the wrong direction, he's been there. 
But it's his desire to lead you back to the Father's house today. God is with you. This altar is open. I pray, congregation, today, let's be mindful of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. I feel the drawing of the Spirit today. He is drawing upon hearts today. He's drawing upon Jacob's and David's, but uh, mostly he is drawing upon the heart of a Jacob that may be here this morning. Amen. I want you to know that there's a ladder from heaven coming down right to where you're at, and you can make it today. If you'll make the choice, if you'll make the decision, if you'll own God as your God, you can make a path. Amen. Back to the Father's house and ultimately back to on a road to heaven. If you'll just listen to the voice of the Lord. He's not gone. He's there. If you'll feel after Him, hallelujah, happily you might find Him because He's not far from you. That was spoken to those at Athens, at Mars Hill. Those pagans had a multiplicity of gods. He said He's not far and He's not far from anybody in this place today. These altars are open. Come on, let's be responsive to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Let's be responsive to God. There may be some Jacobs here today that need to come back home. There may be some Davids or Tobes that need the reassurance that God is still there. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. Be obedient to that Spirit of the Lord you feel tug upon your heart. Be obedient to that Spirit of the Lord you feel tugging on you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.